Well, hello, this is Pastor Rick from A Voice in the Distance Ministries. I want to welcome you back as it's been just a little while. As normal, it is always a pleasure to be with you, a pleasure to get back into the Word of God. And, you know, last time uh, we were in James chapter 3 in the part 1 series, in the, in the uh, title of Words That Destroy, seemed to have gotten a lot of listens on that. And, and so as we should, I hope more and more hear it. But now it's time to venture on to the next uh, section of this chapter 3 that's, uh, that we're trying to cut in half here. And, and again, words that destroy was something that, that is something that's very common in today's day and age, and it's been uh, common ever since the beginning of time. But more so, I think, is again, as we see time go on, we see time decl- uh, things decline in time. And so we, we look at things with, I think, with normalcy at times to think like, oh, that's just the way it is. But, you know, God calls us to the higher standard. God, God calls us to a higher way of living. And, and, and I've mentioned in other previous messages that I've taught is when, when Christ came down, he came down to bring the culture of heaven. He was the culture of heaven. And so we were called to live a heavenly culture here on earth because, you know, you don't see these things in heaven. Perfection, love, you know, joy beyond measure, and everything else that I can't even explain. Unity, you know, again, everything that, that, that is just perfect exists in heaven. And so the Word of God brings us a little bit of that culture here, a whole lot, a whole lot of that culture here, if, if we live up to it. And so we, as we're looking at the, the words that destroy and, and, and how to keep from them, you know, James goes into a very interesting concept here. And, and it's in the form of wisdom. And, and who has it, right? Who has that wisdom? And uh, that, that's what James is questioning. That's what he's asking here. A lot of people think they're very wise. You know, a lot of, there's a lot of philosophers out there. And there's a lot of philosophies out there. You have Eastern philosophy, Western philosophy, Native American philosophy, business philosophy, and you know, uh, every place seems to have their own form of philosophy. But yet, you know, these philosophies even contradicted each other. Eastern philosophy, if you're familiar with Western and Eastern philosophy, they will contradict each other to an extent. But those are wise in their own eyes. But if you've ever read the Bible in its entirety, the word philosophy is the study or the love of wisdom, phileo, sophia. Phileo means the form of love. Sophia is the, is the Greek word of, of wisdom. And so, you know, but wisdom from God, wisdom from the word of God, you will see that, that it really just was the standard bearer. It was the foundation that others built upon but tried to branch out into their own uh, sections, if you will. They tried to branch out into uh, things that they could take credit for, perhaps. They developed a, a particular style of philosophy. And, and for some people, it seemed to work for them because they liked that. Well, again, the Word of God is all of those imperfection as the foundation of such. But I want to look at this. I want to look at what James has to say here because... There was a time where James wasn't wise, I'm sure. <laughs> it wasn't until his encounter with the Lord and Savior Christ Jesus in his time with him that he developed this form of wisdom that we're able to read from his epistle. And, and you know, looking back at what was said in, you know, the words that destroy, 
really spoke very large volumes. And and as will today's message in the form of, of uh, wisdom, the demonstrating of, of living faith, right, that we're going to be looking at. And James, we're going to start off in verse 13 if you have your Bible. And it says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, it's sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. And that's why I'd like to think again where... Uh, where I said about the uh, the forms of the different wisdom of the world. You know, he asked the question, who is wise and understanding among you? And and if he was saying this in public, it would be interesting to look, to see the, the, the reactions of the crowd. Would they be looking at each other, pointing at themselves, pointing at their neighbor? <laughs> He's wise among me. No, I'm wise among me. Well, no, God was. Christ Jesus was and came down and distributed that. Who is wise among you? You know, there's there's also the differences between intelligence and wisdom. Some people that are very intelligent don't have an ounce of wisdom in their body or in their mind or heart. And I, I heard a wonderful illustration on the difference between wisdom and intelligence. You know, intelligence is like a cistern of water that's there. Okay, it's right there and it's holding. But unfortunately, that cistern of water can, can become stagnant and undrinkable. Where wisdom is like a flowing river. Wisdom is like a flowing river that continues to flow. And, and we all know that, that flowing water is drinkable water. If you've ever drank uh, stagnant water before, and if you've ever drank from a rushing stream, you will know exactly what I'm referring to on that. But that is a great analogy in the forms of what wisdom can be. Versus that of maybe intelligence or, or worldly wisdom. Who is wise among you? Question mark. You know, and he says, well, let him show by good conduct and understanding. You know, because the wise understanding in his works are done in meekness. Now, there's the difference between meekness and, and weakness. Okay, so, you know, meekness is a form of gentleness. It's a form of... Uh, of um, compassion and, and um, tenderness, if you will, here. Right? Have you ever known anybody that have, that claimed to be wise? You know, but then you see them act foolishly? Because, you know, true wisdom, it can never really be measured by the depth of a person. Or, I'm sorry, it can be measured by the depth of a person's character. But not by the, but not by the, uh, not always by the things they've done in life that maybe where they were successful. You know, the Bible also speaks of, of uh, gray hair uh, being a, a crown of wisdom or a crown of splendor. And I've also known a lot of people who had gray hair that they really, you can tell they weren't very wise at all. You know, maybe they, uh, maybe it was hereditary or they had a copper deficiency or something which causes early gray. But it, it's, it's not always the case. Or being a doer of the word, it was one of the wisest things that I remember James ever saying. It was one of the mission statements that I used in the uh, church that I pastored in a while back. Because that's what it comes down to. To be a doer of the word, not just a hearer of the word. Many people hear the Bible, oh, they love what it has to say, but, but to do it and to live by it is a whole other story. And so your actions are louder, your actions speak louder than words. 
right? You know, a tree, a tree is identified by the type of fruit that it produces. And so, you know, we at times could also look at our wisdom or evaluate it by uh, by the way we act as well in, in, in the forms of our fruitfulness in our lives. And so, you know, we, we have to be remembering of, of these simple things. These really are simple things if you look at it. But he also, he mentioned here that if you have the, the, the bitter, the envy and the self-seeking in your hearts, you know, do not boast and lie against the truth because wisdom is truth. The wisdom of God's word is truth. You know, the, the selfish ambition, you know, th- those are things, you know, and again, a lot of people take a, a very large miscon- a misconcept of things. Selfish ambition, you know, uh, getting rich uh, or whatever the case may be and getting rich at, at the expense of somebody else. Walk over, walk over whoever you have to. Cut the throats as many throats as you have to in order to make it. That's that's wisdom in the eyes of the world, you know. But it's not wisdom in the eyes of God. And so, you know, when God provides for you and you've relied on Him, and 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 yet you have worked with your own hands in the resources that He has given you, that that right there is about as godly of wisdom that you could get. That is actual biblical wisdom. You know, but we look at the earthly, the sensual, the demonic. A lot of this stuff is demonic. Do not pride yourself, he says. And, and that is, that is a, a very wise thing to say. Do not pride yourself. Because, you know, pride, pride is, is something that, that really was the institute of, of Satan. Satan was prideful. He, he was the one that basically thought to himself that he was going to be above God one day. And he had enough, he had enough, um, oh, clout, if you will, or power or, or charisma up there to, to attract a, a third of the angels. So we see that that exists to this day through sin, through sin nature. But you cannot lie against the truth, he says. And, and so these are inspirations of the devil. You know, it's easy for us to be drawn into the wrong desires. You know, our society pressures us. People pressure us to do things, to say things, to be a certain way. You know, and so the wisdom that James is talking about here, these things, these things that he mentioned, the, the earthly, the sensual, the demonic, those aren't things that are really wisdom at all. You know, it might be a form of wisdom in the eyes of the people, but it's not. You know, you have the, the earthly. Whatever it is, you know, get as much as you can in life. And, and, and uh, like I said earlier, do whatever it is you got to do to get it. The, the sensual part that he mentioned is, is another thing that, that can be uh, looked at as other people's outlooks of... of um, you know, uh, sexual passions, if you will, um, living living in the in in the life of uh, uh, what was called Epicurean philosophy. The Epicureans were very hedonistic uh, in the time when Paul the Apostle um, visited Athens. He was he was approached by Stoic and, and Epicurean philosophers, and the Epicureans were very hedonistic, very immoral. They were the ones with the free love and the uh, 
uh, go ahead and, and uh, sleep with as many people as you can. It's okay. It's a good thing. You know, pleasure was meant to be good and so on and so forth. But not in, not in the ways of, not in the ways outside of the Word of God. Don't let anybody fool you. Don't let anybody fool you that, 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 you know, yeah, it's, they, these things are natural. Yeah, these things are, are pleasurable and, and, and that's what's, what, what they were created for. No, God created things differently. He didn't create us to live like animals in the form of what animals do in that sense. We have the demonic. Okay, our, even the demonic, uh, um, uh, interfere in our lives with particular things that, that steer us. What, what steers you? So you have those three aspects that, that people would look at as wisdom. But James exposes and reveals and uncurtains here the form of, of certain types of worldly style of wisdom. Earthly and sensual demonic. And so, again, be aware. Be aware of, of your surroundings. Be aware of the teachers amongst you. Whether it be in the colleges, your classrooms, even in the churches anymore, unfortunately. You, you, you do not know what you're going to get. If somebody, especially when you go into a church, and if somebody's not teaching the word of God, and if somebody's not teaching the word of God for what it's saying, but for what they wanted to say, that's their wisdom that they're bestowing upon you, not God's. And it's not of the word of God, it's of what they want it to be. And, and when that happens, those three things can easily be mixed into the pot of, of what the Word of God is saying here. Many people have taken their, prefer, uh, their preferred earthly wisdom. Some people have distorted sensuality in the form of the Bible and, and tried to um, you know, add certain things in there that it's okay to do this, it's okay to do that. And, and when people are doing those things... You have to question, well, is, if you believe in that, are you actually living that way if you're teaching it? You know, true wisdom is, is acting upon it as well. You know, we make wise choices. I remember um, the, the late Jack LaLanne. He was one of the, uh, <laughs> he was one of the, uh, the most well-known exercise fanatics and, and back in the 1950s or 60s, whatever it was, he had a, a television show. The man lived to be 97, 8 years old, I believe. And he was still going strong. But, he, he, you know, when he spoke about diet and when he spoke about things that, that, that you should be eating, if you will. And I always kind of got a kick out of what he said, but it was true. He says, he says if it tastes good, spit it out. And I'm like, okay, that, there's some truth to that. But he, what the, the bigger kicker that he said was is that if man made it, don't eat it. Because everything that man made is, is processed with a bunch of chemicals and sugars and miscellaneous things. So basically what he's saying without giving the credit was is that if man made it, don't eat it. But if God made it, have at it. And we and you could go back into the book of Leviticus and uh, what I taught here in a voice in the distance to um, to see what I'm talking about. There was Levitical laws and certain things in in the dietary section. But but Jack Lane made a good point. You know, if man made it, don't eat it. Well, here's the thing: if man if man created something in the form of wisdom, don't follow it. Don't follow man's wisdom. You know, you, you could look at the authors of the Bible. 
And some of them had backgrounds, not all of them, whether it be certain prophets or, or, or certain other people in the Bible that, that was recorded very accurately and honestly about some of them. Not all of them were always wise. And the writings that they wrote were not of their own because they didn't pertain the wisdom. They were the penmen, if you will. They were the, they were the, the secretaries, the, the scribes, as they called them. But the wisdom in everything that we'd seen was from above. It did not come from their own. It did not come from, from Socrates, who was uh, considered the founding father of Western philosophy. It, it wasn't from uh, Marcus Aurelius, who was, who was considered one of the uh, top Stoic philosophers in the, Roman, in, in the Roman culture. They might have had some good stuff, but a lot of them stole a lot of stuff from God without giving God the credit. All wisdom, all good things come from above. Very clear in what the Bible teaches. And so remember that in your words, from the words that destroy. Use wisdom first before things are said. But listen to this, of what James says. Here he says in verse 17 and 18, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. Then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Now that right there says, is, is a million words right there, <laughs> all in one. The wisdom that is above is first pure. But he also gives the, the other examples. You know, he first gave the earthly, the sensual, demonic. Okay, here's what to do and what not to do. He gave what not to do first, but now here's what to do. The peaceable, the gentle, the willing, the yield, the, those who are full of mercy. Right? Are the ones that he's talking about. Those are the ones he's, he, he's wanting you to steer towards. Full of mercy. Yielding. Peaceable. You know, that's the character of wisdom. That was the character and the reflection of our Lord and Savior. Willing to yield. Not stubborn, right? God called, God called his own people at times stiff-necked. What does stiff-necked mean? Stiff-necked is another word of, uh, of being stubborn. And so I, I just think to myself that, that you know, mules are very stiff-necked. You get the term stubborn as a mule. And, and I, I've learned, and I've learned from watching others, that stiff necks are the first ones to get broken because, again, you know, a lot of people have this concept that I'm the neck that turns the head. Well, God's the head, and you're not going to turn that neck. There is no neck that turns that head. And especially if we think it's us. And I'm just, again, just so thankful that he has given us his word because it has stood true. Are we full of good fruits? Are we full of mercy? Are we, are with, are we without uh, hypocrisy? You know, it's interesting about hypocrisy. Is it's, it's the Greek word for uh, like a mask wearer. They were the ones who basically switched masks during plays and during theatrical plays. They'd go from, from one mask to the other, one character to the other. 
It's like another form of schizophrenia, if you will. And, and, and that's what we're to be without. Right? Without partiality, without hypocrisy. You know, and God, Jesus was God in the flesh. He himself said, if you've seen the Father, you've seen, you've seen, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he wasn't referring to a, uh, you know, a genealogical, uh, yeah, I look just like my dad. No, he's flat out saying that what you're seeing is what he is right here on earth. And for us to be adopted into his lineage, if you will, into his kingdom, there are traits that just seem to be in particular families. I've known a lot of families that, you know, it's just like, yeah, they're definitely a part of that family. You know, they're so much alike. Oh, yeah, I got my mom's, uh, I got my mom's temper and my dad's temper. I got my mom's uh, sensitivity or whatever the case may be. We develop those traits from our relatives. But being related under the Lord now comes the transformation. And, and those things that James had written down are transformations that should be in our lives and should be in our hearts and our minds. Do we portray those things, the, the peaceable, gentle, and willing to yield demeanor about us? Or are we like the stubborn mule that only goes where I want to go and I'm the neck that turns the head? No, we could be the pain in the neck that turn, tries to turn the head. <laughs> but again, where do you stand? See, what this is, is a, when I look at, the, at James's epistle... It's kind of a call to really stand in front of a mirror and, and examine yourself. But take that mirror and, and put a CAT, a CAT scan or, a, or an X-ray in front of it. So that way you're not just looking at yourself from the physical standpoint, but you're able to see what's really inside of you. Look at both of those things. Does your image portray what is on the inside? We can be very sincere from an outside standpoint, but be hypocritical completely inside without people really knowing it because we have the ability to act. And again, actions speak louder than words. But the word of God was put into the actions as the word became flesh and came down and dwelt amongst us. And he was the act. He was the, he was the class act of perfection, the class act of, of, of what was real and everything that James and then some of what James was saying. And when the Holy Spirit dwells in you, when the Holy Spirit has taken a hold of you, these are the things that you're going to see transform into you. And by that, it's going to be a reflection and an attraction to others around. Good and evil exists. It dwells amongst us. Unfortunately, every living single person on the face of the earth has, has a sinful nature that's born into them as soon as you exit the womb. But there's a fight. There, there, there's, a, there, there's a fight, if you will, between good and evil. 
And light always exceeds the dark. But you have to choose to be in that light. What you're reading here is not just something for the sake of a good read. This is reading something to pertain and to obtain. That you would grab hold of it and, and, and be a part of it. And that you would allow yourself to be molded into that image of what God has put through his word. Now, as long as we're here on earth, we'll never be perfect. But, but when we make it to heaven, we will be. We will be perfected once we make it to heaven. But we must fight here on earth. We must, we must try to fight now. To do what's right, to be right, and, and to not use excuses that I'm only human. Yeah, we all are, but it doesn't give us an excuse to act like animals. Or worse than in some case. God calls us to be heavenly divine, not animalistic. He, he created us because we were the apex of his creation, of his design outside of the universe and the world. Every cell, every, every living organism in your body operating to keep you alive. But you're more than just that. You have a spirit and you have a soul. You have, you have a mind and a heart. A conscience that, 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 that steers you to, to love. Steers you to hate. Steers you to, to desire or, or, or to stray from certain desires. We were wonderfully and fearfully made. But do you wonderfully and fearfully... Fear <laughs> the Creator. Well, we go through His Word so that way we can we can know who He is, what He's telling us. But you know, reading it, reading it without Him being in you, will only get you so far. I want to take this moment. Is I distributed just a little bit of his word today. As you were in line to be fed, I, I poured you a nice warm cup of soup right now. And, and, and as, as the rest of James goes on, the, the other courses will come. See, we're only halfway through. But I, I want to give you the opportunity, which is the greatest opportunity you could ever have. And that greatest opportunity that you could ever have is receiving Christ Jesus who died for your sins and for my sins as your Lord and Savior. And that, that you will have a place in heaven. You will have a place in his kingdom. You will have a place in him by making a place for him in your heart. And, and so if you feel led, if you feel like the Holy Spirit has, has spoken to you, if you feel that he has really just, just tugged at your heart, let's, let's go ahead and take that, take that door handle and open it, because that is a knock that you want to hear. That is a knock that you want to answer. He doesn't bang at your door. He's definitely not trying to kick it down. 
he's gently knocking. And on that gentle knock, you just, for some reason, it attracts. And you, and you want to know who's behind that door. It's the knock that you want to hear. And more importantly, it's the, it's the one standing behind the door that you want to open to. Because your life and your soul depends on it. So I want to give you again the opportunity to open that door. Is he knocking at your heart? Well, if you've opened that door, and if he's standing right there at your doorstep, I want you to say, come on in. I've been waiting. (laughs) He's been waiting for you. So let's invite him together right now. You can bow your head and pray with me and repeat after me. By inviting him into your heart, by just repeating after me, Dear God, please forgive me, Lord. Forgive me of all of my sins. As I confess to you that I am a sinner. Wash and cleanse me of all of my sins. I thank you, Lord, for dying for me, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for coming down to this earth, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for for having a place for me. And I ask, Lord, that you would receive me now as I receive you in my heart as my Father, my Lord, and my Savior. Cleanse me now, Lord. Give me a new life. That my life and and my eternity will be spent with you. As I receive you now as my Father, my Lord, my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. You know, again, I I, I always encourage you uh, to to get a hold of me. I would love to hear from you. If you have questions of anything biblically, if you have anything that you want to just, you know, a prayer request. If, if if you've ever said this prayer, I want I want to be able to to congratulate you and and get to know you. And, and so if you go on a voiceinthedistance.com. The email is there. So I want to invite you to to get a hold of me. And again, I just want to thank you for listening. And more than anything, thank you just for for receiving the Lord. Because heaven is rejoicing right now over you. And your presence here on earth can make it a better place by what he's going to do with and for you and through you. So may God bless you and keep you and your families. And go out there and lead them now. And bring others, equip others as you've been called. May God bless and keep you.